Hi, it's Tori. <laughs> that felt weird. Should I start like a cold open? Like no words, just the theme? Maybe I should start doing that. No, no, I don't like that either. Welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Weird. You're single. Yeah. Why is that? You're adorable. <laughs> You're entertaining for sure. You can also be a bitch. <laughs> I was actually really hoping to make Jay cry. Tell uh, me about your dead father. <laughs> oh, this is all I could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, I'm not judging. It's I'm gross. Just saying. It's weird. They didn't traumatize you? You don't talk about they that? They definitely did. But... <laughs> you can't ask me that. <laughs> it's not that weird. All right. Hey, what's up? I hope you guys are doing great. Hope you had a good um, Halloween, good October all together. Um, it's been a wild, wild couple weeks over here. This episode slash this interview came in a very interesting time. You know how I like every single episode pretty much I say, I've been really going through it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We all do. But lately, oh, I get into it a little tiny bit in this episode, but there has been some wild stuff going on. And um, the person who I interviewed could not have been more perfect. It's like she fell into my life, first of all, at the perfect moment um, many months ago. But also us reconnecting for this interview was just like beautiful perfect exactly what i needed i needed a reminder that um there are wonderful people out there and she's also a therapist so that's really helpful when you're going through some shit so that being said let's just get right into it this week's guest is a licensed clinical trauma therapist she's got her master in social work she specializes in trauma and ptsd and on top of being smart and educated she is also just a lovely beautiful soulful spiritual woman and i'm excited for you to listen please help me welcome shannon dow questions i came up with some questions for you yeah. um however i feel like you are here to steal the show because you have some incredible insight on things that i think the entire planet is curious about <laughs> so um i'm just gonna preface this a little bit and say how i met you which again this is our second time meeting we'll say that too yeah. very much just acquaintances but i was working an event uh, at the mall i was working a remote and I was going through it at the time. I was in the middle of my breakup of three years and it was like I was not in a good place. And I'm at the mall and you came up to me and you looked at me as if like we knew each other. And it was like this gravitational thing. You just came over and I was like, I like, hello. <laughs> and you were so friendly and you, you were like, what's your name? And I said, Tori, what's your name? <laughs> we had this like very wholesome interaction and we ended up just like talking about life for you just have this. I'm, I'm just going to boast about you, but you just have this energy that's very like appealing. Healing. It's very approachable. And I just feel like I was ready to tell you my whole life story right there. But it makes sense with what you do. So um, you're Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Hello. <laughs> um, and you do. I'm going to let you explain it uh, because you'll do way better than I can. But 
you are just a very like interesting person. As soon as I met you, I was like, this is this is interesting. I don't know what this is, but there's something about you that's very something. So you can speak to that. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so cute. I literally <laughs> felt the same way about you. I was like, oh, who's this like really happy smiling girl? I was like, she has good energy. I'm gonna go say hi. You also looked bored out of your mind, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna throw her a bone and maybe just give her some human interaction. Yeah, yeah, it was needed. And to be completely honest, I think I was kind of like going through it mentally at that time too. Like yeah. I just wasn't in a good headspace, and then it just ended up being like a really positive interaction for both of us. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly what I needed, and I did not realize it. And I know that um, one of the things I had said to you because we were having this conversation you went are you single and I was like I'm kind of in the middle of ending something right now you're like well I'm asking for my brother (laughs) I thought it was so funny I was just like actually it's kind of weird that you're asking me that because I'm in the middle of like a weird kind of breakup and I was like how does she know she knows that there's something going on with me yeah and then I knew he was like you I knew you just like needed to get away from whatever situation you were in I was like oh my god girl like you're better than this and then I did I did Good. Yeah, I remember you saying that too. Remember, like, it's just not worth it. Yeah, we ended up breaking up like two days later. So, yeah, it was was weird. It was a weird little time. But, okay, so explain what you do exactly because I know you kind of do it all. So, I think, but I feel like I wear a lot of different hats, but also, I guess it's all kind of the same designer if you want to say it like that. Sure. So, I'm a trauma therapist, like a trauma psychotherapist. Yeah. Um, I have a master's degree in social work that I just recently got in June of, what is it, 2022. Yeah. I've been in the field for about five years and I've mm-hmm. worked all over different places with a whole whack of different people and have just kind of watched people go through it and like yeah. somehow decided one day that <laughs> trauma was going to be, well, okay, that's not true. I actually went through a shock trauma myself and I ended up with PTSD wow. and I kind of went into what I call the bad place, like the dark place, you know, sure. everyone kind of has one so I, I just saying, yeah. <laughs> labeled mine the bad place and um I needed to get myself out of it so I ended up getting a job at our local women's treatment center here in Windsor mm. and they run a trauma-based program and it's very holistic and very spiritual in nature so mm. I got this job and then I was like cool this is not only gonna you know help me become a better practitioner as I wait to go into grad school yeah. but it's gonna hopefully help me heal some of my own crap too yeah and that's pretty much what happened so I got in this role as a residential counselor and then I started running like group therapy and individual therapy and getting Mm -hmm. my feet wet with that Mm -hmm. and that therapy has always been the passion like yeah yeah. this is kind of funny but like at 16 I remember telling my mom I wanted to be a sex therapist one day (gasps) that's what I wanted to do yeah (laughs) Yeah. like and she was like what the hell is wrong with you and I was like no I don't mean it in like a child like I just I don't know like it's just so interesting to me and like I think you know empowering people is so important and you know I guess I thought that I still think that now at 28 but definitely to be thinking that at 16 was a little out there I guess I honestly don't think so at all I I mean this is a personal thing but I've also always been interested in like human sexuality and like human nature in general but human sexuality and it's still something that I want to do like and take courses or do something because it's fascinating Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting but there's not a lot of support for it because people think it either falls into like couples therapy or you know whatever it is but it's like no it's it's its own realm of therapy because it's very important exactly it's very touchy it's It's very vulnerable it's a huge piece of identity well I mean when we talk about capitalism and patriarchy which I could go on and colonialism forever (laughs) and ever um it's very 
frowned upon to express like your sexuality very freely and like it's very positive in like the gay lgbtq plus community but then like as we see like heteronormative culture i guess they're not so as accepting of it so as my journey progressed through education and whatnot i did my bachelor's of social work and then i was like okay kind of not feeling this then i Mm -hmm. did my internship at the legal aid clinic and i wrote the lsat and i was very keen on going to law school and i was going to actually do the the combined master of social work law degree at Hmm. Windsor but then I didn't really like what I was doing yeah yeah. and I just like saw what the law students were going through and I'm like I just don't feel aligned like something's missing yeah so then I ended up getting into some shelter work so I did some work in both of the local shelters here the women's shelter and the domestic violence shelter which was amazing so so eye-opening like I learned a lot at school sure like practical things yeah 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 I feel like I really learned. I don't want to say how to be a social worker, maybe more like just like an empathetic, well-rounded human. Like it was just better for me, like human development, like just learning about people, learning about the community. And I grew up with adversity in my life. And sure, you know, we didn't, we made the best of their situations and like my family's resilient and like whatever, everything was great now. But I have been through some things for sure, but it was very um, humbling to meet these people and experience what they were going through and then be in a role of a helping person. Like what can I really do in this situation? How do you support someone? Yeah, exactly. That's so tricky. It's a a very emotional profession. It is. I imagine that if you're not like a well-rounded person or or I, I guess empathetic, but a lot of things then, it's probably not going to work out for you. And and yeah. you're right, though, when it comes to, like, law and that kind of stuff that's so logistical, I guess, and, and so technical. I, I interestingly wanted to be a lawyer, too. I actually, after high school, that's why I was doing political science and stuff like that. But there's just this lack of emotion, I guess, that yes. I just couldn't, I couldn't do. I mm-hmm. couldn't do something that's so, especially because with being a lawyer and such, so much of it is so objective where I'm just like, but there's all this gray area. Yeah, like, I can't say like, what's, who am I to say what's right and wrong? Who yeah. am I to say who should be and not be abiding by the law? I don't know. I'm nobody, but that's interesting. So you said shock trauma yeah. earlier. What does that mean? Okay. So there's different types of trauma. Yes. So when we think of trauma, typically we actually think of a shock trauma that can be considered like a big T trauma. Mm-hmm. So for me, the shock of trauma, shock of trauma, like shock of con. I love that. <laughs> My shock trauma um, was actually uh, a a physical assault Aww. by a it was by a, there was it was an issue with a civil servant like a bus driver oh, um, Jesus. on my birthday my 25th birthday party it was oh, just a whole fucking mess fuck. can I swear yes of course you can okay, swear yes, cool. yes that's why I have a podcast so I can All swear right, cool. so, rad rad yeah. yeah no it was a fucking nightmare like this guy was <laughs> awful and oh. like it it was very traumatizing so shock trauma mm. is is that is like what you think so like a sexual assault, a physical assault, a yeah. car accident, um, what else? Something like just out of nowhere kind of happening. Yeah, yeah. So like a natural disaster, that yeah, can yeah, be considered yeah. like a shock trauma. And then there's also relational and developmental traumas, uh-huh. which we would see more when we talk about attachment and childhood trauma yeah. and growing up with the dysregulated neglect. Ne- neglect. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, dysregulated uh, communication patterns, those sorts of things. Sure. And then there's also adverse living situations can be trauma. Yeah, so poverty, yeah. war-torn places, um, even having your needs not being met. Yeah. And so it's actually really interesting. My one of my uh, one of my girlfriends is also a 
another trauma specialist in Windsor, Bianca Stefina. Um, her Instagram page is Mindfully Me. She had posted something, I think she was reading uh, Dr. Gabor Mate, who's a trauma specialist uh, in the field of recovery and addiction. Bianca was posting a page and, and some highlighted notes and basically was talking how trauma is also what doesn't happen. And I huh. wrote back and I explained to her, I'll read it actually. Yeah, please do. I said, I literally tell clients that a trauma can be needing to be picked up and held as a baby, but not receiving that affection or having that need met and how these micro moments can slowly grow into psychological wounding. Hmm. So when we look at developmental trauma, I explain to people, you know, you could have been a baby. Like if you're a baby or a toddler and you're crying and you're reaching out for your caregiver or Mm -hmm. or your loved one to console you Mm -hmm. and you don't get that, Mm -hmm. that's a micro tear. That's a micro trauma. And then when you think about if you're in a, f- a f- uh, family system that has a lot of neglect where mom and dad aren't even able to meet their own needs, let alone meet kids' needs properly, yeah. it's just going to keep adding up and adding up and adding up. And then overall, okay, now we have childhood neglect. It's, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's a very slippery slope and it can happen quite quickly. But with that being said, I'm a firm believer that most of the time, unless it's like a shock trauma, mm-hmm. it is a progressive exposure to it, right? Sure. Like when we live in like adversive, like poverty situations, war-torn situations, childhood yeah. trauma, uh, abusive relationships. I genuinely believe that regardless of whatever type of trauma you've been through, yes, the ones that have longer exposure and might take longer to recover from, mm-hmm. but everybody is absolutely capable of recovering. It's just a matter of finding your unique treatment whatever works for you like the coping strategies the wellness strategies like i work as an addictions counselor and i tell folks too like a there's no room for shame in recovery thank you yes like at all shame is a big word around here shame's gotta go (laughs) it's out the window like fuck that shit it's only self-compassion self-love and self-healing from in on out Mm. and like I work with first responders that have occupational stress injuries, so post-traumatic stress response, not disorder. I don't call it post-traumatic stress disorder (laughs) because I don't believe it's a disorder. It is a nervous system response. Okay. So everybody pretty much (laughs) knows the fight or flight mode. Sure. Isn't it fight, flight, or freeze now? It's actually fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So fawning is (sighs) people-pleasing. Yeah, I know. That's a big one for all of us, right? It's like, oh, shit, here we go. You see me. But it is a protective factor, right? So we we learn to people-please probably at such younger ages. You know, we might be raised in a household that's, you know, don't talk, don't don't speak, don't look. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. Be seen. What is it? Be seen, not heard, or whatever. Thank you. That's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, seen, not heard. Yeah. Okay. So this fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm so glad that you're even saying that because in the past couple weeks, some like really bad stuff has been happening around me, and my response has like just been like, it's okay, it's okay. I'll take on the uncomfortableness of it, even though people are doing shitty things to me. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying like, this is shitty, instead I just, I'm like, you know what, it's okay. Like, I'll just take it. And all of a sudden I'm walking around feeling so guilty about stuff that people are doing to me and not, you know, like, why am I taking accountability? I don't get it. Honestly, this is, again, so I have a counselor, I do. And uh, she's fantastic. She's a social worker and her name is Wendy. Shout out Wendy. We love Wendy. We love Wendy. We love Wendy. She, I'm going to see her this coming week actually. So before her, I was seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist only a couple of times I saw her. I was not a fan of it. Yeah, no, you can't think your way out of trauma. Sorry. (laughs) Trauma's held in the body. It was. I mean, we did try hypnosis, which was pretty cool. Okay, that is pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I'm very into that kind of – I meditate a lot and – well, I used to at least. And um, 
whatever. But when I started seeing Wendy, um, I don't see her very frequently because I'm not somebody who she needs to see regularly. Like, you know, it's more so for maintenance than it is for like a consistent issue. But I always kind of wonder for me, is this the best approach to it? Because yeah, we we talk about everything and it's just kind of general counseling and support in general. But I always kind of wonder like, could I be doing more? Like, is there other avenues that I could be taking? Because again, right now I feel like I'm like on the precipice of a real something Mm -hmm. and you know we're going to talk about that too and like spirituality and stuff because I know this is very important to you and I have so many questions but um that this is kind of what I think is that while I'm doing this the counseling that I know and the the therapy and the this and that I need to be doing right now again at this precipice where it's just like something very transformative could start happening if I make it start happening right now Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do to make it like to facilitate it properly you know, this is your profession too, and you don't have to like sit here and diagnose no, me no, or no, anything, no, no, no. Oh or, or you know what I mean, but or like give me some kind of like free advice. But I'm just so curious about like what there is out there, I guess, yeah. on top of the therapy that I'm already doing. I used to do yoga pretty often, and I loved it. I used to meditate a lot, and I don't anymore, um, but I need to because I yeah. know how important it is mm-hmm. um, for me too, and how much I valued it, and I was a different person when I was meditating. So. Yeah. I'm just curious. You, you know, you you tell me. Okay. <laughs> I what? know that's a lot there. No, 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 no it's not. It's perfect. Uh. You you gave me exactly what I needed to hear. Um, what's your sign? Virgo. And I am a Virgo through and through. Like, I am so... When's your birthday? September 11th. Oh, you're the 11th. I'm the 6th. Hey. Interesting, interesting. Do you, do you know your big three? I do, but I always forget them. I just get so much, like, Libra energy from you, too. Interesting. Which is good. I have a Libra um, Venus, so my love is through Libra, which means it's very equitable and very fair. If it's not reciprocated energy, peace the fuck out. I'm going to cut you off. I don't care. You're gone. Good for you. (laughs) It took a long time to get like this. A lot of, like, a couple, one very toxic and abusive relationship, but you know what? I came in on the other end, and now I have boundaries of steel, so. It sucks, but, like, sometimes people need it. I have a few things. Just first, I'm doing your birth chart really quick because I want to know your big three. Okay. Now I need to know, too. (laughs) Now I'm excited. Oh, I need to know. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, your Venus is also in Libra. That okay. makes sense. Okay, so your sun is Virgo. Mm-hmm. Your moon is Aquarius. Interesting. And then your rising is a Sagittarius. Oh. So you have earth, fire, and air. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And you do have a lot of Libra in your chart. That, I totally picked that up from you. Okay. <laughs> Libras are, like, just so, like fun and like exciting <laughs> one of my best friends shane he's a virgo libra cusp he is around that time and he has a lot of virgo but a lot of libra energy as well you really remind me of him and he's like the best dude but interesting <laughs> going back to your question what can you be doing more well honestly tori you already said you know how to heal like you've already been through the part of a healing journey yeah. i mean you already you are on one the thing is every time i feel like i'm healing all of a sudden it's like i i feel like i have to restart like because you know what i mean relapse yeah. is part of recovery <laughs> okay. and we relapse in all domains of our life <laughs> Not just in relation to substance misuse. I love how serious you just got. It's so true though. It's actually PSA. I I uh, I was actually facilitating a couple group therapy sessions this past week, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about this. And I was it was a hot topic, so I'm glad to talk about it now. Okay, from like a spiritual perspective, the universe 
is just so cosmically like always laughing at us like higher <laughs> self is like we love you we know you can handle this so we're just gonna sprinkle a little bit of bullshit a little bit here a little bit there little bit sometimes there. it's a lot of bullshit and sometimes <laughs> it's not okay and i say the same thing it, it also relates to like your resiliency and your capacity from healing from trauma and, and things you've been through so uh, the more you flex your mindfulness muscle mm. and your spiritual muscle and just like your self-compassion muscles the more you're going to grow something called your window of tolerance, hmm. which is a fancy way of saying just your capacity for handling life. So hmm. when we are in our window of tolerance, which this is a term from dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, basically means we're regulated. And when I say regulated, I also mean at an autonomic nervous system level. Hmm. So we're in our something called the ventral vagal state. And what's interesting about ventral vagal is that that is where we feel safe, attuned, protected, creative, mm-hmm. willing to, to take in new information. And our brains are actually able to process that information effectively. Hmm. Our memory is more alert. And okay. so going back to the fight, flight, fawn, freeze response. <laughs> yes. <laughs> doozy. That one. <laughs> um, All those words. <laughs> when we are in our window of tolerance or eventual vagal state, we're regulated. Our nervous system feels safe. Mm-hmm. When we're not, we are in fight which can look like something called parasympathetic state, Mm. which basically means you see higher anxiety symptoms, irritability, issues with attention, concentration, fidgeting, like just low tolerance for things that maybe you had a higher tolerance for, like driving, bullshit, spousal bickering, things like that. So that is the fight. Mm -hmm. And then... The flight is also similar. It's also part of that parasympathetic activation system. Mm-hmm. But instead of going toward the threat or toward the issue, we're running away. So we're using our energy to get the fuck away from whatever's upsetting us. Yeah. And then there's Which freeze. I do a lot. <laughs> yeah, most people do, honestly. Yeah, I'm not like combative at all. Like. Most people, I find, unless you have a history that really puts you in a situation where you've always had to fight for your voice in the world. Sure. And that can get really daunting and, like, tear you down and make you pretty jaded after a while. I know I have a lot of clients that are like that, like, especially in when I look at my uh, first responder military veteran clients, like, Mm -hmm. because they have spent so much time in their fight or flight freeze. I mean, for them, it's either live or die, right? So literally, they're fighting or they are flighting away. Yeah. Or someone's dying. Or someone's dying, exactly. Or they're freezing because they need to go into camouflage mode. So freezing is literally dissociating and shutting down completely. That's where we see like what's called maladaptive daydreaming. So Mm -hmm. if you're someone that just kind of gets lost in your thoughts a lot, um, then we can also see like issues with uh, intrusive thoughts too coming through. So rumination, Mm -hmm. that, that is something that's really common with like depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. My, I had a question for you written down. I feel like the topic of trauma is obviously way more prevalent now. People yes. are talking more openly about what it is, mm-hmm. how what they have, what it looks like, how it comes to the surface and such like that. Um, so within all of that, I actually talked with somebody named Dave uh, for episode eight, I want to say, and he is just a fascinating guy. He's a very unstable life, but has really come out of it like gunning to be 
better um and he's he's an awesome guy but we had this conversation about how it's like almost trendy to be mentally ill now like and wow. how nowadays like like sometimes i feel like people are too aware where they go on tiktok and they feel like they've diagnosed themselves with something yeah the and that mm-hmm. that therapy. can freak me out a lot because uh, uh, this is important to me and and he he said something that like sticks with me he's like if somebody is truly mentally ill they don't want to be mentally ill yeah. do you know what i mean yeah what what do you think about it Again, it's an upward trend. It really is. It's just a little freaky. (laughs) I definitely am part of the whole TikTok is not therapy group. Like, I (laughs) preach that. Like, in my private TikTok, I'll go and I'll comment when people post, like, inaccurate information. I'll be like, where are your sources? Like, who did you get this from? Another piece, too, is narcissist coaches and, Mm -hmm. like, life coaches and, like, mental health coaches that don't actually have proper education and training behind them to be making, like, having the conversations that they're having and, like, trying to ad hocly support these people. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it freaks I, me out. It freaks me out too, and it, I, I agree because it's actually contributing, I think, to over intellectualization, which mm-hmm. is also a cognitive distortion, right? Like you worked with a CBT therapist, so that, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that language is kind of clicking to you. Maybe I don't yeah. know. But basically, <laughs> a cognitive distortion is like it's just a fucked up thought. Like <laughs> if you're going on TikTok and getting your your information, like any sort of medical information, like a you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. B like if you are finding that anything is resonating because I will say this not to be the devil's advocate but there have been some things okay like for example for me in my personal journey of like mental health figuring out what the hell's going on in my head you know (laughs) I have landed now that I actually wonder if it's more that I could be on the autism spectrum yeah that's a a common thing it is yeah people figuring that out and this is what I mean it's it's wonderful that people are like hearing the word autism and they're not associating it with somebody with some like terrible disorder that people were so afraid of so long ago that people won't vaccinate their fucking kids because of it but (laughs) that kind of stuff um and and i love that i I love that like these conversations are happening and i know adhd a lot of people are learning that their depression is misdiagnosed adhd which i've heard before so i actually had an interesting conversation with my psychiatrist and he basically kind of you know shoved it off his partner is also a doctor and she had put out some research saying like the efficacy behind internet diagnosis and like this big trend right of mental health yeah yeah, yeah. so going back to what i was saying about the over intellectualization piece just so uh, anybody listening knows that was a siren and you did not hear a siren in your car or whatever anyway <laughs> it's troubling because people are like putting themselves in a box and then they fought they're in yeah. that box and they're like okay well now i'm i'm x y and you know what i have done this too in the past like everybody my does mother. it everybody does this though like i, I sorry but, to cut you off but everybody you want to find like an identifier yes and so when you can especially when it's something that's like based off of like what you perceive as like negative traits about yourself mm-hmm. so when you can like bunch it together and be like okay well i'm not alone in this and now i can wear this label as whatever sure it can be very like comforting but it's also you're right it puts you in a box like yeah. it's and that's something that i i really strive to not say i am one of anything at, at all so much can change yes. like and you don't realize it people when it comes to especially these diagnoses and seeing stuff online they're like yeah that's what i am and that's what i'm gonna stick to mm-hmm. and you know but it's like you can't be too loyal to any identifier because no. everything changes and we're humans and we're ever changing so. yeah everything is about flexibility yes i agree and the universe and this and that okay so sorry we're gonna we're going to run this back a little bit. So we're going to talk about you. Okay. And y- yes, your work as well. But um, so what led you to want to get into the- – well, sorry, you kind of said that. But, I mean, have you always just been like an 
empathetic person? Have you always just been interested in human nature? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always just been really interested in like, you know, the human psyche and all <laughs> that, you know, how people work and basically trying to figure out like, how did I work? Like what, yeah. at one point I did have a perspective, like there's something wrong with me, right? right. Like what is wrong with me? Just constantly searching for, for that answer. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, through some, what I call soul care, which is different than self-care, it's very it's spiritual care faith care um Hmm. having higher power whatever that is for you yeah just connecting to you know universe some sort of belonging Mm -hmm. um all of that has really i don't know just kind of guided the way for me to to get where i am today like (laughs) this is always so shocking to people when they meet me now (laughs) because like they didn't know me obviously like people that didn't know me prior like when i was an adolescent or or like a kid yeah but i was very angry like yeah. a very very angry angry sad and like you could say I was depressed you could say I was whatever but yeah. like I was just struggling and you know there was a lot of invalidation growing up and like I said I'm a Libra Venus so like <laughs> that's really important to me to have equality and there's just a lot of like things that I felt wronged about but at the same time you're a kid your brain's not developed like I get it, but if you don't come from, like, parents or caregivers, better healing, communication, mindfulness, practices, and things like that in place, chances are you probably have no idea what that is, especially as a kid or adolescent. So I sure as shit didn't, because, like, my my family, it was pretty much just, like, the only way to be heard was if, like, who can yell the loudest? Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean... Whatever, like it got us. A through. lot of families function that way. To they be do. Honest. I mean, and I'm not to say they're functioning, but that's how they interact with each other. And exactly. it's always been a little jarring for me. So, like, I've had a lot of friends where that's how their families communicate with each other. And my family is so like. Sometimes we'll go like a whole day. Like, I live with my stepdad. I'll go a whole day without even saying a word to him. And it's not even like bad. It's just like how we function. And some people would think that's so incredibly weird. And I'm like, no, I get it because when I go into these scenarios where, when they're they're not angry, they're just talking loud. It's like whoa. Like sometimes. Sometimes it just throws me into this like overstimulation, yes. but I'm like, no, I get it. That's how you're, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was definitely conditioned to be like that. And I mean, when we talk about like fight, flight, fawn, freeze, all that stuff, I too struggled, especially in my younger years. And my, th- my whole thing was just, I grew up and I was exposed to some like different types of abuse and things like that yeah. and whatever. And like it shapes you, right? And yeah. for me, I, I just was so scared of like getting hurt right that I didn't want and then it translated into like not allowing people to see me and to like be my authentic self yeah so you know fast forward through undergrad and then grad well grad school I felt very was very me like I feel like I've changed so much just graduating from you know from June till now being Hmm. what almost November but like one day I okay actually my dad struggled with substance abuse okay growing up I was an emo scene kid <laughs> and I don't know if you're familiar with the term straight edge <laughs> somewhat it's sure straight edge is just like you don't like do okay. any sort of like drugs or anything like yeah, that yeah, like yeah. you're just like guy straight edge and it was like yeah. really cool in like the the hardcore scene emo kid community whatever interesting so I really um identified with that in high school so like I didn't like party or anything like my Mm -hmm. friends drank and stuff and I was always just kind of like the mom friend that was there for a good time to make sure if you were gonna throw up I was gonna hold your hair back yeah everybody's safe (laughs) exactly everyone was safe so I'd always tried to like keep control of the situation and like 
not put myself in any situation where I could get hurt. And yeah, well, obviously the, you value safety when you have inconsistency at home, yes, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and like, again, when you don't know what safety is supposed to be and you're just living in a state of like chaos and dysregulation, yeah. you don't know what the fuck is happening and no. you're just like, every day feels like a roller coaster. Yeah. But then when you finally start to seek safety, it too can feel like everything is shattering and it's very uncomfortable to then shift yeah. from the chaos that you know that is home into a new place that's uncharted waters, yeah. right? Yeah. So going back to the shock trauma, after I got assaulted and I started working at the house of software scene, I, I was just working with these like beautiful people that had been human trafficked oh, and gosh. just like the worst cases of addiction. People that, you know, they've lost their families, they've lost their kids, they've lost everything. Mm. And the amount of trauma that backs that addiction and fueled that addiction for a lot of those folks was just it was just so much yeah. and like watching these people transform and thrive and like I had mentioned I had worked in the shelter system and such before so I I feel like I was privileged to see people at different like parts of the trajectory of their journey sure yeah, yeah. whether that's like whatever that looks like yeah, so the beginning or the exactly the, yeah yeah so I don't know I just kind of fell in love with like healing and just the energy of being around first of all the energy of being around like an all like women identifying space is just so powerful in its own and when it's directed and its intention is supposed to be for healing and recovery yeah that's really powerful and I mean I've always been like very attuned to energy and things like that like I'm definitely I definitely I don't care if you believe in this or not but I have psychic gifts it's in my family (laughs) like I've always I was the kid making lotions and potions when I was like five (laughs) out of like fucking I don't know yeah. here's some swamp water and uh, some grass like <laughs> yeah. eat it like what yeah. so I've always kind of just been like attuned to those that's what you things. value yeah exactly it's so it kind of makes sense that I found my spirituality really like broke me open there yeah. and about a month and a half before the assault I had done mushrooms for the first time oh hey <laughs> and so going back to being straight edge I had never experimented with anything yeah I didn't even start smoking cannabis until I was like 22 21 yeah and it was very like I was super hesitant about it my yeah. ex-boyfriend was like try it and then it was a very rare thing yeah um, I do now frequently use cannabis and I very much value plant medicines and psychedelic yeah. medicines and things like that and yeah. that's what I aspire to bring into my future practice too nice so I remember doing shrooms for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, we all know, like, magic mushrooms are healing. I was just talking with somebody about this the other day, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so healing because yeah. they literally create new neural pathways in your brain. So when we look at trauma on a neurocognitive level, we, when you've been through something, when you do something repetitive so much, in your brain, it makes a neural pathway. Sure. So think of it as if you're snowboarding down a mountain and you are only sticking to your same path, how fast are you eventually going to be going down that mountain? Sure. It's going to become your natural way of thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're conditioned to think negatively, you're going to have negative neural pathways, yeah. negative slopes. So what do we do? <laughs> we get on a board and we find fresh powder. And now that's going to be more challenging and you may not, you may be like, fuck this, I won't want to do it. Yeah. Not going to go as fast, blah, 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 blah. But guess what? Eventually, the same deal. The more you go down that positive pathway, the more it's going to become your conditioning. I like this analogy. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're saying that when you do mushrooms, you are, is it, you're more open to creating these things? It, it literally, yeah. chemically, it creates new ones. Huh. So it gives you the opportunity to actually then, well, so hopefully with mushrooms, if you're having a good time, um, <laughs> you're, you're feeling some sort of like self-oneness, attunement, transformation. transformation. Like, I don't know. For me, every time I've done shrooms, I've gotten something out of it. That's good. 
I mean, maybe the walls aren't moving and all that stuff, but, like, that's fine. Like, for me, it's more, like, how can I connect with myself? Do I need to purge anything? Like, I've Uh, laughed. I've cried. I've thrown up. Like, I've... So, so, this is where you get me so interested because I've never done psychedelics when I'm very interested in psychedelics. Um, This is what everybody keeps saying, but I have a real fear because I I think that there are things that, like, I'm avoiding. Like, it's dumb, but it's not dumb, though, at all. Like, to say that, like, I'm afraid of doing it and then something coming up because I have a tendency to forget things that are really big until they hit me later on Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm like okay to what degree is this real like to what degree did this happen and I know that that's what happens with trauma um I was I just read um the body keeps the score Mm -hmm. which I know is a very like and I I really don't know much scientifically but no it's a good one it was interesting for sure um and I also at the same time was reading this book on psychedelics by Michael Pollan who I love (laughs) I'm a huge fan of this old man uh who's just like a plant expert but he talks a lot about how you know set and setting and when you're going if you're going to be yes. doing this go into it with the right intentions because uh-huh. a lot of people do shrooms and it's like yeah we just want to see how weird things can get but for me I'm like I'm afraid of how weird things can get not even like, again like walls melting and stuff like that but like internally I'm afraid that this is going to unlock something and I know it's necessary but I'm just afraid to do it so what what about psychedelic assisted psychotherapy I've heard of this and that I think is fascinating and I would love to try it I, I have would. a consult with a clinic in Toronto really? field trip field trip health Huh. I have a consult actually this week with them. Wow. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Please it's, do. I, I This is so fucking fascinating to me. And I again, I've, I've watched all these documentaries on it. I've read lots of books about it. And I know the benefits. But for some reason, again, I'm just afraid yeah, but, for myself. So I tried to explain this to my brother one time who, like, my brother's never touched drugs, would never, ever, yeah. ever, whatever. <laughs> cool dude, like, sober, all good for him. I tried to explain to him, at least this was my rationale, people are not scared of the drug itself. They're scared of the unknown of what's going to happen with the drug. Yeah. And and that's okay. If you know you're going to be doing it for the first time and you're nervous, make sure that you pick, like, a solid, safe person to be yeah. with at least. Yeah. And if you feel more comfortable, maybe ask them to hold off on taking some of theirs until you kind of reach the max of your trip, you know? Yeah, or sure. There's always ways to make yourself feel safe in that situation. But why I suggested the psycho uh, psychedelic psychotherapy is because it's completely monitored by doctors, yeah. nurses, a psychotherapist yeah. you are set up to an IV they administer the drugs intravenously and then you basically have like your trip and they ask you different questions you focus on whatever you need to focus on mm-hmm. and then they leave you and you kind of just like chill and let the let the ketamine or the psilocybin or the MDMA kind of work its way through you mm-hmm. and then you you go home after yeah yeah. I've, again, I watched, uh, I don't know what I was watching where they were talking about this, but I, w- I find it fascinating and I totally understand the perks of it. And, and there's all this research behind that says like, yes, this is actually extremely uh, healing. I know it helps people with addiction a, a lot. There's yeah. been a lot behind that. And that, again, fascinating shit to me. <laughs> I just feel like it's like I'm always waiting for the next like wild thing, like this wild transformation that's going to happen. So it's like, well, do I do it in the interim when I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's just... It's not like these are pressing things that like I'm I'm thinking about day in day out. It's just uh, I'm just keep catching myself at these very very weird moments, um, like wondering, should I try this? Like in, in the opportunities, yeah. Yeah, your higher self's like we are ready for change. You're approaching a new level. I am. And the same thing. I always like to compare like trauma healing to a video game. So your body. Just like your body keeps the score, your body knows, and it knows your limits, and it's not going to give you what you can't handle. Yeah. But when you think about it intrinsically, Tori, 
all of us have the skills to solve most of our own issues like in terms of our reaction our behaviors our thoughts our our emotions right like those are the only things we actually have control over in the world so we might as well learn how to manipulate it in a positive way I, i always feel so out of control and it's like I mean, out of control, not even in like the like I'm, I can't handle myself and like I'm going wild. It's, I guess it's just like when you have a history of like depression or like when you have been that low, the only way you would understand how low somebody else could go is by also being that low. Yeah. So like I talked to my counselor about this like a lot actually about how I when I got out of my relationship, I was doing really, really well. Like mm-hmm. I was feeling really good. And I said, I am just afraid for the crash that I know is going to happen internally. Yeah. Like when it hits me, when like my confidence phase, because for some reason I got super confident after the breakup which is a good sign but um all of this and she was like why are you waiting for this like inevitable thing she said of course when you've been that low before like you know how low you can go you're afraid that it's going to happen again but like that doesn't mean that this is going to be the thing that does it like like you don't know obviously I was doing really well at the time and that's that's a weird thing too that I'm realizing is that I didn't I still don't feel like I've healed after this breakup Mm -hmm. even though it was like many months ago now hey, five time, six months ago time doesn't mean shit yeah it's just so weird how like right after the breakup I was so sure and I was so confident and I was so great and then it just like and I still am but like it just trickles in in these very weird kind of ways instead mm-hmm. of it just being like this big hit of like being sad about something it it like disperses throughout my life it's very strange it's very very weird I'm learning this is like a very recent personal thing that's been happening that I'm like what the fuck the whole process of like wanting to know yourself better and and wanting to be a better person for yourself and then in turn other people actually is how it works but it's so hard and it's so interesting to me to meet people who are avoiding it who are so clearly lying to themselves and that's a big thing that I've had problems with too and shame and the role that shame has played on my life and a lot of people that I know we spend so much time trying to avoid shame over things that we've done said how we've reacted to things or whatever like you do so much to avoid it Mm -hmm. that like I didn't realize how much for so long in my life I was just like going through just doing everything I could I was lying I was hurting people to avoid having to feel shame and it's like what the fuck is that like (laughs) it's not a way to live and so when I interact with people who are now you can tell they're in the thick of that I get so drained like it's so hard to be around it is difficult right and that's all that's like a whole different conversation on just like protecting your energy and like the flow of that but I totally get what you're saying because like I work with people that struggle yeah that is pretty much my entire clientele (laughs) I'm a therapist that makes sense that's what I'm supposed to do yeah so (laughs) it does get really really tough after a while the cool thing is though gaining different perspective so somebody that's really struggling you can then empathize with them and then you can offer them more support and you can be like even if you don't know them very well just your energy exchange it's gonna help so it's like a chain reaction when you get better you may start to attract people that are not doing well themselves but that's because your wellness will then trickle down into interactions with them yeah and if these are people that you spend a lot of time with right then they're gonna have prolonged exposure conditioning spending time with you yeah same thing with my family like when I was going through it really trying to learn myself like putting boundaries in place really difficult ones trying to change some really intense communicative patterns and my household wasn't well received at first no and when I was doing well it was kind of I felt sometimes maybe it wasn't appreciated or it was like looked down upon it can be isolating yeah yeah it it was isolating but I know that I needed to heal myself to be able to like then give that back that healing energy to to other people because like 
we're biologically wired for connection. Yeah. Like we are supposed to connect with people. Yeah. And we live in such an isolating world yeah. that just makes it so difficult and so uncomfortable to do that. Yeah. When in reality, that's what we actually need. Yes. I, I say this all the time. I, I have never understood where people are like, I don't need anybody. I'm like, oh, you do. Like for independence is a trauma response. <laughs> yeah. But I will say like as much as in this whole thing of like I was a habitual liar for many many years and I, I say this pretty openly I'm like, I always say I'm a recovered habitual liar because I have such a hard time lying now yeah. um, the reasoning for my lies were so juvenile and stupid and I just honestly it all just came down to I wanted to be more interesting so I would lie about these things to make myself seem more interesting so now I feel like when I'm interacting with people who I feel like are lying to themselves not for the same reason but they're just in general for whatever reason um I just like give them less of an opportunity to lie and just, I don't know, ask, I, I get very inquisitive. I, I think I probably make people uncomfortable. Cause like, people need to be uncomfortable. Sometimes, yeah. That's where we grow. Yeah, it is. But I, I uh, it's not that I avoid these people per se, but it's just something that I always kind of take note of. It's and, okay. Yeah. You're allowed to protect your energy. Yeah. It's yeah. the same it's even way. even people who I love, like people who are very close to me. Okay. It's still, it's still like... But I'm not going to change you overnight, but I'm certainly not going to, like, support that either. Yes. But it, it's weird how you, but when you, you, you think learn. About, remember what I had said, relapse is part of recovery? Yeah. If you want to bring in a different perspective, a little bit more, like, objective perspective, mm-hmm. perhaps that loved one is going through a relapse in their life in some sort of domain. Yeah. And they're really struggling. And it's okay that you don't volunteer to be the, the support person, to be the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And... It's so difficult when we're chronic people pleasers, caregivers, loving people that just bleeding hearts want to help everyone. Oh yeah. my God, I don't want to see you sad. Yeah. Here, let me take the, the weight of it. Yeah. But then that takes a toll on you. Yeah. So it's okay to have those boundaries and to stay steadfast. And also boundaries don't need to be like, they don't need to be completely solid. They can be flexible and yeah, they can be moving. I was just talking with my friend about this. Uh, Vanessa, she is newly single as well. And she's like all about like, I have a hard boundary of, you know, somebody doesn't make the time for me then like I'm you know this is it we're done and then we were talking about this because she was like I like gave this guy an ultimatum like I kind of feel bad about that like I said either like you see me or we're done and she was like and I you know said it was because of my boundaries and blah 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 and I was like that's the thing is like we're so we're ever changing and we're so fucking messy like we're in this very messy part of life right now that like it's okay to be like yeah, that was that wasn't right. Like, and I don't actually think that anymore. And yeah. whatever. So that is totally right. That your boundaries change, and they yes. can be subjective. And yes, of course, you want to stay true on some main ones. You know what you won't tolerate. Yeah, but, your, your core values. Right? Yeah, yeah. But that comes along with what I heard you say with being, you know, the history of being a chronic liar, whatever you called it, habitual habitual liar. liar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> chronic is good too. <laughs> it's not okay. like a disease, <laughs> which it is. Um, <laughs> You, I mean, I'm just going to kind of again put a guess out there and correct me if I'm wrong, but perhaps that came from not being able to connect with your authentic self because of self-esteem, self-confidence issues. Because mm. when those are prevalent, what the hell is authenticity? Yeah. We're so scared of being our real selves. Yeah. We're so scared of being seen and like... Especially as kids too. Oh my God, When it's right? most important. And, and that was the thing too is I spent a lot of my childhood feeling as though I was in competition um, with uh. siblings, step-siblings. like, and, and there was some really not great like direct comparison that was happening a lot. Mm. Um, so I know that I have issues with comparing myself to people 
it's weird. It's like I, I especially recently have like learned to really love people that like I've never met. And I've talked on the podcast, I've talked about this multiple times. So often there's this idea that like I immediately hate this person because blah, blah, blah. I immediately hate all Trump supporters. I immediately hate all whatever. Like, like you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like these labels. But I will, I'm never going to hate someone who I've never met. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have that in me. I don't. I love people I've never met. And yes, there are some really terrible, awful people out there. And I'm learning to kind of navigate that to acknowledge that they're terrible without letting it like gut me because yes. I uh, I very much am like an optimist. I very much believe that people are good at heart and that anybody is capable of being a better person. And I know I'm sure you yeah, believe that too. But it, um, when I interact with these people who are doing terrible things to the world, but also to me, I'm learning to stop like making excuses for them oh. and their behavior, but also like- like you just called me out. <laughs> It's so hard. It is so it's, it's a so very, very recent lesson because it's like I don't know how to be absolutely crushed by the fact that there are people who are who have done what they've done to me, done what they've done to the world, whatever, and are walking this earth. And then there's this idea of karma, <laughs> which I am trying to be more in tune with what I think about it and what I believe about it, because it's just uh, it's it's a comforting thought. But also I'm not holding out hope that these people who are doing these terrible things that I'm ever going to see justice you know yeah. what i mean it, it's it's um it's again this is such a current fucking problem like like it's yeah. this is all really coming to a head and i know i'm 25 everything i think i know is gonna be wrong <laughs> like it's all gonna change and i love that and i accept that but at this moment like i'm just going through something that's really jarring me as like a human and saying like i can't believe that this is the world right now like i can't believe that this is life this is crazy that's what i feel like right now is that i'm just shocked and I'm dealing with, like, the aftermath of the shock. You know, you know. No, it's coming a- through in weird ways, I'll tell you that. But it's, uh, well, I'm it's working on it. You're, you're hypervigilant, right? So hypervigilance is basically you're always on alert. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, like, yes. you already mentioned that earlier, too. So sounds like you already may have been struggling with that. And then this compounded, it strips you of your confidence, your identity, your worth, and it's fucked. But the thing is, we can take that all our power back. You're right. You're right, man. Anyway, okay, so let's go back. We talked about what led you to this. So what you do now, like what kind of services? I'm, I'm trying to give you an opportunity to plug what you do here ah, and how okay, people okay, can okay. find you and such. Cool. Yeah. So um, I, okay, so I have a full-time job with a company, a national company that, uh, of treatment centers. Mm-hmm. I work in the outpatient department. And I, like I said, I'm a trauma specialist, so I do addictions, uh, general mental health, complex post-traumatic stress response, and individual counseling, sometimes some some couples and family counseling too. I recently just launched my private practice. Mm. So if you want, you can find me on Psychology Today, oh. Shannon Noreen Dow. Wow. SN Dow Wellness. <laughs> um, I'm still working out the details of the in-person piece for folks in Windsor. I would like to maybe do some like meet up in community, walk and talk therapy. I I just don't know mm. if I want to have people coming to my apartment. So <laughs> until I can get like a communal space, I might just do like meet in community if they're comfortable with that. Yeah. Other than that, it's going to be all virtual. I'm offering individual, couple, family counseling, 
I mean, I pretty much, I will take anybody with any concern. Like, I want to help. And if you want to help yourself, I feel like we can find a mutual agreement to work together. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't have any clients yet, but I would love some clients. (laughs) So please uh, check me out. Also, Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram as the Soulful MSW. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I'm going to start making more, like, mental health content. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also an artist, so I've been spending a lot of my time doing creative content for my uh, nasty nonsense art page yeah which has been super fun but yeah. uh just in terms of like professional stuff yeah you can you can find me on instagram or uh <laughs> psychology today okay okay noted <laughs> my first plug <laughs> your first plug your first plug how excited this has been great i appreciate you making the time i really do i'm really happy that we could do this yeah thanks too. for letting me come on again it was just like when we met we met and i was like this girl is something <laughs> i know <laughs> every time i me. see your billboard i swear to god i'm like that's my friend tori and my best friend maddie the the one on crawford near the tim horton sure so I, every time we pass by she goes it's your friend tori i'm like that's my friend tori <laughs> Stop. okay well again thank you for making the time and uh, i'll be sure to link everything so people can access everything that you offer and uh yeah this has been lovely oh thanks tor i hope you stuck around to the very end because that was fantastic i love shannon and seriously check out her work i will see you for another episode of the podcast in two weeks on thursday november 17th